0: Hey y'all this is Charlie. We are living, loving, laughing and grace and we are also in part three of our current series and this is the conclusion to this series my friend. I hope that you've listened to the other two Um, and uh, either way you will definitely be blessed by our time together. We always are. So we're going to jump right back into the word. Here we go. And let the word of God tell you what your body's meant to be like. You know the word of God says that as we grow older we grow stronger. Well, if I consider that the word of God itself is life and health to my body and every day I'm spending time in the word of God, I'm getting stronger and healthier. If I consider that every time I come and receive of the communion, I am receiving of the life of God himself, then it doesn't reason out that I would grow stronger. If we live like the world, we'll grow weaker like the world, but the Lord has given us a a choice. And he paid a high price for this, my friends. Goes on to say, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him we are healed and made whole. By the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. I want you to say that with me. Say, by the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. Jesus chose to allow himself to be tortured, my friends, so that we can be healed and made whole. Never question if God wants you healthy. Sometimes we don't understand why things happen in our bodies, in our loved ones. My friends, that's not the question. The question is, does God want this in your body? No. The question is, did God pay a price to have that come out of your body? Yes, he did. Did he pay a price for you to be healthy and whole? Yes, he did. And after all of this, after being tortured beyond all recognition. I said, giving us even healing and health and wholeness by those stripes that he took in his body. My friends, that's what I encourage you to see when you hold the bread in your hands. See what he suffered and give thanks. See the wholeness and the health, the life that he lived. You know, Jesus never caught a cold. He never had to take a sick day because he was perfectly healthy and whole. He was 100% man, still is 100% man and 100% God. But sickness and disease is a result of the fall of this world. It's a result of sin and sin has no bearing on the son of God. See that perfect life that he enjoyed and that He gave that up for you. And after suffering all this, it still wasn't enough. And he fought his way to the cross, my friends. It would have been so easy to lay down and die. But he fought his way to the cross. And you know why? Galatians 3.13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus didn't have to hang on a tree to give us the new covenant, my friends. His blood shed, I say, was enough. Was enough for that, was more than enough. But to redeem us from the curse that exists on this world, That curse doesn't exist in heaven, my friends. See, God cares about your life, this side of heaven. The cross was designed by the Romans to inflict the maximum amount of pain. It was invented by the Phoenicians and fine-tuned by the Romans to keep people alive while slowly, painfully dying. Jesus had already been through the most extreme amount of torture and a scourging. And now he goes to the cross because he wants you to be redeemed out of the curse while you're living this life, my friends. And the, the great part is he didn't redeem you from the blessings. He redeemed you only from The curse, that is why he had to go to the cross. I encourage you to read Deuteronomy 28 and all the blessings that are listed there. And as you read them, say, because Jesus became a curse. I received this blessing. I received this blessing. I received this blessing. Read the curses. Do you know there's a longer list of cursing than blessing? And I think that's because God knew that as man, we'd get confused about what a curse is. Do you know all sicknesses fall under the curse? Every single one of them. God does not give sickness to teach us lessons. He does not give us, he he does not bring us death to teach us lessons. He does not bring divorce. He doesn't take your children away from you. All those things are listed under the curse, my friends. God wants us to know that's not his best for us and he would never do those things to us. That's why I encourage you to read the curse so you see what you've been redeemed out of. Because guess what? You know what the devil loves to do? He loves to get us under the curse and experiencing the effects of it and then convince us that we're there because that's where God wants us to be. Jesus went to the cross to redeem you from the curse. I don't know about you, my friends, but I am already just Filling his love right now and how much he chose to suffer for us. And it gives me this holy fervor to want a healthy whole life because of how he suffered for it. You know, the the enemy, he has no power. Okay. He only plays mind games. Because he has no real power. Anyone that has real power doesn't have to manipulate and lie and cheat and deceive. And that's what the devil does because he has no real power. But he gets us. He plays mind games to get us to give up on God's best for our lives. In fact, that's the, the issue, not just the church. Even the world is facing as the end time generation is the spirit of just quitting, of just giving up. It's in the church, believers giving up on God's best for their life, giving up on living a life with the Lord, living a holy life, a life that is set apart and different from the world. And then we see, my friends, the way we go affects the world, right? Not too many years ago, there were headlines everywhere about the great resignation. People just quitting, giving up on their marriages, giving up on work, giving up on their kids, Giving up, giving up, giving up. That's what the devil wants us to do is to give up. And when I see, and I hope and pray and believe that when you see, that's why we're sharing this today, what Jesus did for you, how much he suffered for you, that it puts that same fervor in you that no. I'm not going to lay down and take this. I am not going quietly to the grave. I am going to live. I shall live and declare the works of my God. That's from Psalms. Amen. Say it with me. Say, I shall live and declare the works of my God. He puts a new song in my mouth every day. The path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter as the rising sun. He surrounds me with his favor as with a shield. He lines my paths with the riches and the fatness of his grace and favor and blessings. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all my iniquities, and who heals all my diseases. My friends, those are just a few of the promises of God's word. That was all God's word. Just a few of his many promises and blessings that he has suffered and died to give us. And guess what, my friends? I wonder if you have ever considered this, because I never did. It's one thing to give up your child, For somebody else that's hard enough it's another to give your child up for strangers for people who won't appreciate it will speak bad about him abuse him beat him right you know that's what the father did he gave up his beloved son for us John 3 16 for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, that whoever should believe in him will not perish. Say will not, will not perish, but shall have everlasting life. My friend, don't think this was out of a a passive thing that God didn't care about his son. The Bible tells us in Proverbs eight, that since all of eternity, Jesus was daily God's delight. God rejoiced in his Son. In Mark chapter 1, we see that the Father even opens up the heavens and declares to his Son, and for all to hear, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Before Jesus preached one word, before he performed even a single miracle, his Father opened up the heavens to him and showered him, declared for all to hear how proud he was of his son, how much he loved him, how pleased he was with him. My friend, may your children hear those same words from you. May you hear that your father is speaking those same words over you. And yet, he gave that son up for us. And even more, he created the very one, That would torture his son. Isaiah 54, verse 16 says, Behold, I have created the blacksmith who blows the coals in the fire, who brings forth an instrument for his work, and I have created the spoiler to destroy. The Heavenly Father, He actually created the devil knowing that he would instigate all of this pain and suffering and sorrow and that he would be the one to instigate the very torture of his son. Jesus himself, my friends. Remember that Jesus was always there in the beginning. And the Bible tells us that everything that was done, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they did it together. Jesus himself created his own torturer. He created the devil, knowing the pain and suffering that would be inflicted on him. Not only that, he created each and every one of us the reason why that pain, that suffering, that torture would be afflicted upon him. Think of that, my friends. How deep is that love? How great is his love? How faithful, how faithful he must be that he would create the very ones and the very hands that would then rip his own body apart. That he would create us knowing that our sin would nail him to the cross. Our sin would be the reason that he would be separated from his father for the first time in all of eternity. He created you and he created me knowing that he would have to drink our sin into himself. A perfect, holy, righteous being that had never known a single sin, felt a single sin touched or done a single sin, and yet he would have to consume it all in his body. We will never, ever comprehend how much pain that Jesus endured, how much pain that him and the father experienced as they were torn apart for the first time in all of eternity because of that sin that Jesus became on our behalf. And he created us still. That is love, my friend. That is love. That is faithfulness. And you know what I love? That scripture doesn't stop there. It goes on to say, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You know what he's saying? He's saying, I am the one. I am the one who created the blacksmith. He's not greater than me. I am the one that created him and he created that weapon. I can destroy that weapon because I created him. And that's what he did, right? For a moment, my friends, sometimes it may look as if the enemy is prevailing. It may look as if the weapon formed against you is prospering. Sometimes it looks that way for a moment. And then when you're in that moment, that moment can feel really long, right? You ever had those experiences where something happened so fast, but it feels like it took all day or it took forever. But the reality was it happened in a a manner of seconds. The Lord knows it can feel that way. But he is assuring you today, just as much, my friends, this is our sure confidence. This is our foundation that just as the weapon, the enemy formed against Jesus, Jesus, could not prosper no weapon formed against you can prosper because you are now seated in Christ no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me says the Lord. My friends, this is how this comes to pass in our life because our righteousness is from the Lord. When we see that we are righteous because of his sacrifice, because of what he's done, my friend, he became sin. He became sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says God made him, made Jesus, who knew no sin, to become sin on our behalf. So that we might become the righteousness of God in him. My friends, Jesus didn't do sin. He became sin. We don't do righteousness. We don't even know what it is apart from him. But we became righteousness. It's as if God took everything from our account, our sin, our our wickedness, our ugliness, and put it on Jesus. And then he took everything of Jesus, his righteousness, his holiness, his beauty, his perfection, and he put it on us. And because of that, my friend, no weapon, saying no weapon, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. This is your heritage, my friends. A heritage is something you receive. Again, it's not something you do. It is something you receive. This is your heritage, and the servants of the Lord, and the righteousness is from Me, says the lord hallelujah hallelujah my friends i don't know about you but that just blows my mind when i think that all the way back from the beginning the lord was willing to create me when he knew better than i will ever know the suffering and pain that that would cause him and yet he did it anyways he created. The devil, my friends, the devil is a created being. You can read more about that in Ezekiel chapter 28. And the Lord created him. He's a fallen being. He's a fallen. And you know what got to him? Pride, my friend. That's why, that's what we struggle with the most. Lucifer, the Bible tells us, was the most beautiful, holy angel. And because of that, he became prideful and he wanted to take God's place. Even still. Knowing the pain it would cause. God created him. Jesus created him. Knowing that the cost that it would take. And listen to this. This is what he tells us in Isaiah 53, 11. It's referring to Jesus when it says, He shall see the fruit of the travail of his soul and be satisfied. My friend, it satisfies Jesus to see you whole. You are the fruit of the travail of his soul. It satisfies him to see you whole, spirit, soul, and body. I hope you see that. I hope you see that everything he has done for us is for our life in heaven and for our life here. Spirit, soul, and body satisfies him it brings him joy it brings him delight to see you made whole spirit soul and body and that comes to you through what he did at the cross so no wonder he counts it a special moment a holy moment a moment of love when we come together with him and we receive the communion and we celebrate what he's done for us Hallelujah, my friends. Hallelujah. Let's get our elements together once again. We are going to receive of the communion together. My friend, I just, right now, Holy Spirit, Jesus, give us fresh revelation. Give us eyes to see, to see you, and to see the depths of what you've done for us, to see, Lord, to grasp. With a greater understanding what it means that you became a curse for us. I can't even fathom that. I don't understand it. That the Son of God should become a curse for me. Give us revelation, Lord. And Jesus, we stand before you now. We we see you before us and we thank you. That you used the body you were given to our benefit. You created both the destroyer and us from the beginning, knowing the pain and the torture that that would cause you. That your love is greater, the joy you have in seeing us made whole is greater. You are so very faithful to us, Lord. And we thank you that by your stripes, the stripes that fell on your body, we are made completely whole. In Jesus' name, amen. You may receive of the bread, my friend. Can we lift up the cup? Jesus, we thank you that you shed your blood for us. How many times and how many ways you shed your blood, and only one drop was necessary. Your blood is so perfect and so pure, it redeems us. Everything your blood touches redeems. You shed your blood even in your in your head, Lord, and your thoughts to give us pure thoughts to, to release us from. From oppression of our mind and depression of our mind, Lord. Your flesh torn apart. Your blood poured out to give us the new covenant of grace. This beautiful covenant that's based on your finished work and not ours. That's based on your perfection and your righteousness. And we simply come and we receive, Lord. And we thank you for the inheritance you've given us. That because of your blood, we know that our righteousness is eternal. It is sure. It is a sure foundation. And that we have victory, Lord. Your blood is our victory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may partake. All right, y'all. I pray that you were blessed, that you've been lifted up. My friends, I encourage you to receive of the communion often. You know, that's how often the Bible tells us to receive. The Lord didn't actually tell us to receive once a day, once a week, once a month, once a quarter, once a year. He says, as often. I encourage you to seek the Lord about what as often means to you. But how often do we want to be in His presence? My friends, as we uh, shared in our very, uh, the very first episode to this series, that as we behold the glory of the Lord, we are transformed into His presence. When we come together with Him, you know, it's called communion because we are communing with the Lord. We are coming in His presence in a special way, in a different way He manifests Himself to us. And as we come, we are transformed into his image, my friends. As we see him here with us and see what he's done for us, we're gazing upon his glory and his beauty. And we are transformed into that same image. Hallelujah, my friends. All right. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you. I grant you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Till next time, keep on living, loving, lapping, and grace.